Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your Market View. Now, we're going to be talking all about exchange traded funds today. And in particular, we're going to be talking about thematic ETFs. These are ETFs that are positioned to benefit from long-term structural changes, such as changes in technology, society, the environment, and demographics over time. And on that note, fund management company Global X ETF has launched their December edition of the thematic ETF report. And the report provides some industry-level analysis of thematic investing ETFs, looking at new launches and closures in December 2022, changes in assets under management and fund flows. So what are the key findings and how would that help us better position for 2023? Well, for more, let's speak to Richard Xiao, Director, Southeast Asia at Global X ETF. Hi, Richard, how are you? Hi, Tian Tian. Great to be here on the show. Thanks for inviting us. Uh, great to have you as well. And Richard, let's get started. We've briefly touched on this, but best to hear it from you. I understand that there are 270 thematic ETFs as at the end of December 2022, according to uh, your company. But what are some of these themes and how are they classified? Great question, Tian Tian. Now, to take a step back, I think we need to kind of look at what thematic investing is for our listeners and what thematic investing does is a research approach looking to harness global macro trends that we think are likely to be more structural in nature. And with that, we look to also uncover companies that will stand to benefit from the materialization of these trends. And with that being said, what we then do is at Global X, we have a classification system where we look to slice and dice across the different themes primarily in three big categories. So we have disruptive technology, people and demographics, and physical environment. So in disruptive, techno uh, disruptive technology, you talk about the big data, connectivity, mobility, um, fintech, AI. In people and demographics, we talk about new consumer, which are like the likes of your EM consumers, your millennials, aging population. And we talk about health as well telemedicine, digital health, therapeutics. And in physical environment, we talk about disruptive materials, we talk about renewable energy, and we talk about the infrastructure. So some of the themes that we have been seeing in terms of the growth over the last many years have been in space, such as um, cybersecurity, cloud computing, in terms of uh, AI, in terms of renewables, and also in infrastructure. So there, there are many, many themes and mm. the way that we like to think about it is that all these themes are at some point in their development stage, whether they are early, they are late mm. or they are laggards. And where we like to come in is to make sure that we identify these opportunities at the onset of a growth phase right. and hopefully it cuts across geographies and sectors. So it's unconstrained in that aspect. Well, right, Richard, it sounds very exciting. But before we get into the specific details, I want to talk about the size of the thematic ETF segment. It represented 1.2% of the US ETF industry's total assets under management as of December 2022. But help us understand how big is that really? So the US ETF market is about $6.5 trillion at the end of 2022. So 1.2% works out to be about 76 billion. And that cuts across the 270 ETFs that you have 
mentioned. And obviously, that has come off with some bit of uh, tech coming down or like what we say as throwing the baby out with the bath water. Uh, so tech has come down naturally thematic uh, ETFs have come off as well. But if you dive in a little bit deeper, what we have seen is that disruptive technology probably took the biggest brunt of this uh, drop in a AUM. And uh, if you look at the other two categories that we just mentioned, the physical environment as well as people and demographics, right, they remain relatively stable in terms of flows and, and performance. So we, we did that kind of 1.2% or 76 billion. Disruptive technology takes up 60% and uh, you have uh, the physical environment at about 30% and then the uh, people and demographics at 10%. You mentioned about AUM, you mentioned about that tech route uh, that we saw. Thematic ETF AUMs have decreased some 9.8% uh, on a monthly basis in December. So going by what you're saying, tech taking out the brunt of that, to what extent is this a cause for concern for you? Great question. I, I think what, what we have seen at the end of the, of the year, I, we could attribute it to a few couple of reasons. We see the China reopening theme and there are some rotation into China, Chinese ETF, sectors ETF or Chinese thematic ETFs. That's one part of it. The other part of it that we like to attribute to is tax loss harvesting, where people take the opportunity to reduce their capital gain taxes on some of their ETFs. And with, with that, what, what, what we are seeing is that it actually sets up the opportunities for investors to start thinking about 2023. Now, some, some of us might be thinking or oh, sitting at, at the sidelines and thinking, is this a January effect that we are seeing markets are coming back up? But what we like to think in thematic investing, we are looking for companies as well as trends and looking for that convergence where these catalysts tend to be more structural and more long-term in, in nature. So while this drop in the AUM may sound like it's a little bit like a 10%, but the truth of it is we are, we are talking about a 76 billion um, industry and the 10% is really, really very marginal across if you look at some of the um, top line, uh, you've got the, the, the revenues and what we are seeing the growth in all of these themes that we are measuring. So from that perspective, we think that the drop in the AUM as well as the uh, price compression and the, all this presents great opportunity. So such kind of market dislocation versus mm -hmm. what we are seeing as structural trends unfolding are great opportunities for investors to start thinking about repositioning their portfolios. Hmm, which means to start buying into it, lah, right? In your to terms. start buying into it. Okay, but uh, let's take a look at some individual teams, uh, Richard. Emerging markets uh, internet theme saw the largest increase in AUM nonetheless, uh, up 12.6%. Based on how you look at things, um, I'm sure not just from an AUM perspective, which are the best performing themes uh, in terms of returns as well? In the last quarter, what we have seen is a, a lot of these teams have started to recover from what we have seen in the first nine months and the last three months look very different from the first nine months. Themes like solar, themes like wind, a lot of this in the renewable space have started to climb back up. And this is not a not surprising. There are a few good underpinning reasons for, for such a kind of... Uh, you know, the performance coming back up. And the first we like to say is that there is always this cons consistent effort in terms of climate initiatives, whether it's in mitigation, adaptation. We continuously see governments and countries doing a lot 
if you look at in terms of the policies in you know like for example the uh infrastructure investment and job X uh, from the US, you see the inflation reduction act coming out of the US. So we think this this space as it materializes, that's where we see companies benefiting from it. Now we know that these things do take a bit of time, right? It projects, infrastructure projects do, do not come to fruition in one or two days or six months or 12 months. It may take some time. But we think these are well poised with a lot of government policies behind supporting this growth in these sectors. And the, the, the other areas that we have seen coming back up online is things like aging, um, social media, um, education. And these are the sectors that we are seeing that people are coming back up again into the interest in this. These are some of the themes that we have seen despite the 9.8% that you have mentioned, despite we seeing the EM internet, which a big part of it uh, comprises of uh, Chinese internet companies in, in the EM space. But there are other areas that I think investors should also keep a lookout for as we look into the new year. Mm. And Richard, I just want to follow up on this question. Looking at all of these different teams, how would you go about selecting the different companies to be part of that ETF? Great question. I, I would like to, you know, first start off by saying that if, if you look at Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway's uh, shareholder letter that he wrote in 1981, he mentioned that um, then that period of time was also characterized by high persistent inflation back in 1980s. And he mentioned that there are two things that you want to look out for in a company. First, you want to look for pricing power, a company that has pricing power, which will help them to protect their top and bottom line. And next, you want to look at companies that are growing faster than the rate of inflation. And if, if you look at the July print, we are looking at something like a 7 to 8%. And of course, that has come down quite a fair bit, but we are not anywhere close to a 2% inflation rate as, as, as much as we would love to. Right? We are still looking at a stubbornly high inflation of probably 4 to 5% even going into this year and second half of this year as well. So with this two um, key focus in mind, we are looking for companies again with pricing power, and also looking for companies that are growing faster than the rate of inflation. And at Global X, we have done a, a research study where we look at the themes that we manage or we, we run and we focus in. And we find that 32 themes that we have. And among these themes, 50% or more of these companies are growing faster than the rate of inflation. And so we, we think that that's an area that investors should think about as they position their, their portfolio. And that's the first thing. And the second thing we think about for a thematic investing portfolio is, 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 a, is something that is very different from where you look at in terms of investing by geographies or investing by sectors. Thematic investing tend to be a bit more of a forward-looking approach. And we think that it deserves a, a sliver of allocation in any investor's portfolio, something to the team of 5 to 15% of, of an allocation. And if, mm -hmm. if you were to think, think about the 5 to 15%, you, you want to make sure that you, are, you have best conviction ideas that you personally think that they are the best set for success. You want ideas that are relatable concepts to daily lives, mm. like electric vehicles, like cybersecurity, where we are seeing a lot of uh, phishing and social engineering. Yeah. We, we want to see cloud computing as we unfold with more and more uh, rich media experiences that we want to enjoy. And as companies mm. think about op operationalizing uh, their efficiencies, cost-cutting in this new year, cloud computing is a way that they naturally would, uh, would adopt to. So mm. all these 
are areas that we think that investors should naturally start to gravitate to as they think about building out their thematic portfolio for the next three to five years. Mm. And Richard, two quick questions from me. And this question has to do with crypto, right? Uh, Samsung Asset Management, Richard, uh, recently launched the future-based Samsung Bitcoin Futures active ETFs in Hong Kong. But uh, how exactly do such ETFs differ from the traditional equity ETFs? And should Singapore be concerned because Hong Kong is pushing towards being an apex center for crypto? Let me just wind back up a, a, a little on the Bitcoin futures ETF. Now, Bitcoin futures ETF, by and large, they are futures-based. And futures, we know, is a contract where between a buyer and a seller that looks to uh, execute a contract at a particular price, at a particular uh, volume or quantity. Uh, so a, f- a futures ETF for Bitcoin, in other words, you are looking at the futures that is tracking Bitcoin. Right, which is the Bitcoin reference rate. And there are a few things between a traditional ETF, like an equity or fixed income ETF versus the Bitcoin ETF. First, first of it is that you are in the ETF itself, you are holding futures and cash. And you do more regular rebalancing because of the fact that uh, futures would expire and you need to rebalance. And then the, the, the last thing that, that, that I, I would say is that there, there is this, there are certain risk of futures like, contango risk. If it's upward sloping uh, futures curve and then you see that the price tend to underperform and it reaches maturity. But having said all all that on the risk side of Bitcoin as well as um, futures, I think one important um, benefit of the such an ETF is that compared to holding Bitcoin, investing in Bitcoin directly where you need a wallet, you're worried about losing your private keys, which some of my friends have happen to them yeah. and you're worrying about hacking and security yeah. mm-hmm. I think the Bitcoin futures ETF is an is an easier way now the the the, the, the final the final piece and my per, my personal take is that I think we are still in the very early stage of saying that who will have the foothold as Asia's crypto hub you know mm-hmm. while since Singapore we are looking at more upstream developments within blockchain and how do we uh harness this technology versus uh, protecting our consumers from speculative risk and a less regulated environment around Bitcoin trading. And when Hong Kong is looking more at offering the Bitcoin futures ETF as a step towards uh, these retail trading, I think it's very early stage. But what I ultimately feel is that it's a mutual symbiosis relationship between Singapore and Hong Kong, given that we have more of a wealth management activities here in Singapore and Southeast Asia versus Hong Kong, right. so which is a gateway to China. So I, I think it's mm. the the game is the the where it ultimately ends up is still sometime we can think about it. Right. Exciting days indeed, I must say that. And thanks a lot, Richard. That was Richard Xiao, Director of Southeast Asia at Global X ETFs. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.